Our gospel today continues parables from the gospel of Matthew chapter 13. He put before them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed that someone took and sowed in his field. It is the smallest of all the seeds, but when it has grown, it is the greatest of shrubs and becomes a tree so that the birds of the air come and make nest in its branches. And he told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed with three measures of flour until all of it was leavened. And another, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field which someone found and hid. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls. On finding one pearl of great value, he went and sold all that he had and he bought it. And again... The kingdom of heaven is like a net that was thrown into the sea and caught fish of every kind. When it was full, they drew it ashore, sat down and put the good into baskets, but threw out the bad. So it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come out and separate the evil from the righteous and throw them into the furnace of fire where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. The gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Just before we get into our sermon for this Sunday, I know that those of you that watched last week are wondering one thing Did I ever find my fancy collar tab? Answers no. <laughs> we still got an index card in there. So I'm going to dub these two weeks of sermons the index card series. Welcome to week two. Let us pray. Good and gracious God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of us gathered here and across the gift of technology, may our hearts be pleasing and acceptable in your sight, our rock, our strength, and our redeemer. Amen. The last two weeks, Jesus has been telling parables. As I mentioned before, we were in what I like to call the Jesus and agriculture parables. They have merit, yes, and meaning. They're classic images of soil and weeds and wheat. But today we encounter even more parables. And I imagine in the crowd as Jesus began, the kingdom of God is like someone in that crowd had to raise their hand and say, if you tell me one more thing about farming, Jesus. Seriously, we need a new example. Or maybe they didn't quite say it that way. Perhaps it was a a little bit kinder and more inquisitive. Perhaps the crowd said, Jesus, this this sounds remarkable, but I, I need more help understanding. 
what else is the kingdom of God like? What follows next is a quick succession of parables, some one sentence long that describe the kingdom. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, yeast, a hidden treasure, a pearl, and a net. Now let me give you a little news flash. Unlike last week when Jesus gave us a play-by-play of the parable's meanings, we're on our own for this one. Moreover, when he asks his disciples just after what I read, did you get all of that? They flat out say yes. Yes, there's no way. They had to be saving face. There's no way they understood it all. But regardless, we don't have a guided interpretation. Instead, we have classic parables with expansive meaning. And I admit to you that I could take this a million different directions. But Michael made me promise that I would only preach one sermon and not ten mini ones. So what captured my heart this week, well, it wasn't the diversity of what the kingdom of heaven is like, although this is a diverse description. In fact, one commentator I was reading noted that Jesus was opening up the imagination of farmers and bakers and merchants and fishers with these comparisons. For one of the first times in the Gospels, they're invited to imagine that the kingdom of God doesn't look like somebody else's vocation, but their very own. And I admit to you that I wanted to write a sermon there, but the Spirit kept capturing my heart with the ordinariness of this kingdom. I mean, don't get me wrong. I know that pearls and hidden treasures aren't ordinary for everyone, but nets and yeast and seeds? Some days, y'all, I just want Jesus to say, the kingdom of heaven is like a well-oiled machine complete with a magic wand to eradicate disease, to confront empire and occupation with force, and to do all of this with efficiency, and everyone gets a medal (laughs) in the end. Because what kind of kingdom is it anyway when the tools of transformation are mustard seeds and packets of yeast. For most of us, in our humanity, it's a kingdom that we can barely imagine. We can scarcely imagine it because we've written the mustard seed as too small to be mighty, as producing what basically amounts to a weed. We're quick to write off the impact of a mustard seed, but the kingdom of God doesn't settle for such a write-off. Instead, it takes this small, shrubby thing and creates in its very branches a dwelling, a place of shelter, of rest. You know, we can scarcely imagine this kingdom that is like yeast, because if you're like me, That stuff expires before I use it. And even if I heat the water to the perfect temperature, the bread never rises like it should. 
And besides all of that, yeast comes in three packs. It's not a treasure. It's disposable. Yet God refuses to dispose of even the most expired and expendable of us. You see, when the world names you not worth seeing, the kingdom of God sees you and claims you. And although the ingredients barely detect the presence of yeast at first, the yeast is what changes everything. The yeast is essential so that all may rise. So the kingdom of God doesn't settle for calling beloved children disposable or indetectable or forgotten. God redeems them in God's love. And as we encounter them, our very dynamic changes. Together we rise. But we can scarcely imagine this kingdom because who sells all their stuff to buy a field without a business plan? Same thing with the pearl. Don't these people listen to Dave Ramsey? This is a bad way to spend your emergency fund. And we can scarcely imagine it because to value something so much that it changes the way that we spend and give our money seems foolish, or at least is rare. And then there's that net. We can scarcely imagine God's kingdom like a net because we are not willing to be put in there with those people. I, I mean, fish. We aren't willing to let the bad parts of us, the sin, the stank, the junk, to be sorted out and thrown away. We are far too concerned with throwing that fish in the fire than considering that we have got some stank that needs refining too. Beloved, here's the bottom line. We can scarcely imagine this kingdom of God because everything we know about kingdoms is centered in power and wealth and privilege and our attempts to maintain it. So maybe you can't imagine it. But here's the good news for you and for me. God already imagined it. And God didn't just imagine it as some far-off dream, but died so that we might experience glimpses of God, glimpses of the kingdom, even in the most ordinary things. And one day, as that old song says in the great by and by, we won't have to imagine it. We'll get to live it. You see, our God doesn't need forceful or flowery language because our God isn't a God of oppression or occupation. Our God isn't only about big, significant, seemingly miraculous moment. Our God is showing up all over the globe and in our homes and our own hearts, whispering to the smallest seed among us, you are mighty. And saying to the disposable yeast, you are seen and you will rise. And to the ones foolishly giving up, <laughs> foolishly giving up the way things have been to buy fields and pearls, I think God's saying your joyful generosity is faithful. 
And that God and God's kingdom is showing up in the nets that are catching all kinds of fish as we make space in our hearts and at the table for every fish imaginable. Our God is showing up in all sorts of ordinary ways to you and through you. You see, church, we don't have any more excuses. The tools of transformation are not beyond our reach. They're in our pantries as we break bread to feed our hungry neighbor. The tools are our chairs that we pull around our table that we continue to add to so that more are invited in. They are the glimpses of the kingdom in our daily life, reminding us that even in the ordinary moment, there is an opportunity to experience God glimpse the kingdom. The tool might even be something like a post-it note. Pastor Laura had posted on her Facebook page about a post-it note she found in her mom's Bible that is bringing her comfort and peace, the kingdom of God, as she accompanies her mama as she's dying. And it reminded me of another story, an affirmation of the truth that Laura shared, that the kingdom of God is like a post-it note. Yep, like something that ordinary. So let me close with this story. Several years ago, a larger-than-life member at St. John's died. You might remember him, Eric Lentz. When I say larger than life, I mean large and looming, but always ready to hug and embrace you. Eric, I think, would have hated quarantine. One of my favorite things about Eric is when I met him, he introduced himself and shared that he taught horticulture in a gated community. Interesting, I thought. I later found out that he taught gardening in the prison, but he thought it was hysterical to tell people about horticulture in the gated community. During his final days in hospice care, I had the gift of sitting with his family and hearing stories about this man who packed a lot of life into his days. The family shared that their dad would leave post-it notes on the door frames. Some of the post-it notes were to-do list. Some of them were notes of encouragement. But you could always count on Eric to have paper. So much paper. And that he would leave you a note. As part of the funeral, we had one last post-it note for his family that read, God loves you. I put a similar post-it note in my Bible, too. Because there are days that I feel anything but this kingdom of love in my ordinary life. I feel exhausted by the ordinary more often than not. And then a post-it note catches my eye. And I'm reminded again that God is still at work 
among us. So the kingdom of God, what's it like? Well, it's like the ordinary things that God infuses with love that reminds us again and again that we are not alone, we are not forgotten, that we are part of God's family and that pesky God of ours continues to need us together in love so that we, we might look like God's kingdom feeding this world. Amen.